Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you in part by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. Big Blue Restoration, the number one choice in water damage restoration. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. It is the Carolina Contractor. Hope you're having a good afternoon. I'm Eric Smith, and with us is Donnie Blanchard with SureTop Roofing. How you doing, Donnie? Doing great. How are you? Doing great myself. Thank you very much. If you want to check out the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, you can see the stuff we've been talking about. Today's subject is, a, we'll call it a hard subject. Well, it can be. <laughs> and this is concrete. Now, some people might think, Donnie, that concrete is not a very exciting topic, but it infiltrates every part of our life it's everywhere it when it comes to building right it's not very interesting at all and uh, it's just one of those things i was tied to because my first job working for my father who was a footing subcontractor we dealt with concrete on a daily basis and there are two types of subcontractors that deal with concrete one is a concrete finisher and then someone like my dad who basically pours it as part of the foundation in a house a concrete finisher handles things like garage slabs, sidewalks, mm. things like that, and they're pretty well versed in stamped concrete and all the options. But um, you know, it's come a long way since hundreds of years ago, and it's actually the cheapest product by the square foot if you compare it to a wall section where you have drywall, insulation, studs, siding, or brick, and you break that down by the square foot. Concrete is actually cheaper, and we chose to talk about it because it's something that pays to be educated on. Chances are you're going to have to deal with concrete in some form or fashion, and it's good to know what you're getting. And as far as the compressive strength, PSI, uh, slump rating, things like that are all good things to ask your concrete subcontractor before he pours. Can you explain what concrete is? It's not just one thing. Right. Um, It's a mixture, right? It's a mixture of four major things, uh, those being sand, gravel, cement, and water. The sand and the gravel are what they label as fine and coarse aggregate. So, Basically, if you see someone dump rocks down into a cup and then they pour sand to fill up the gaps in Mm -hmm. between the gravel and they just keep getting smaller and smaller, that same concept. And the way it all comes together is by a chemical reaction called hydration. So when the water and the cement come in contact, they actually start this chemical reaction that brings all four of these components together. Uh, One thing I heard this expressed as one of these components falls out of the sky and the other three come straight out of the ground. And I guess I've known that all along. I just never thought about it that way. Genius. It is. One thing that's important to do is get the right amount of water in that ratio. Uh, Compressive strength is dictated by the amount of water added to the concrete. So you can triple the strength of the concrete just by adding the right amount of water. If you don't add enough water, it slows down that chemical reaction that we just talked about and it stalls out the curing process. And um, on a side note, the curing process is normally 28 days. So if you see a slab poured, it technically takes 28 days before that slab is ready to drive a car on or anything like that. And 
most people don't realize it because it seems hard on the outside, but there's a lot going on inside that you can't see. Now, can you spoil a batch of concrete if you don't put enough water in and it starts the process? You can. Uh, so you're toast then? Yep. Without the right amount of water, basically that curing process never finishes the right way. That concrete will be too brittle and easy to break in most cases. Now, the other end of that spectrum is too much water. So when someone's pouring a footing or a slab, if they say they have a hot day and they put too much water in it because it's setting up too fast, what that does is basically dilutes that ratio down to the point where it doesn't have hardly any compressive strength and the load-bearing capacity of that concrete is compromised exponentially. So my dad, when we were growing up, would always pour his concrete what we thought was way too dry. And his competitors would pour it with a lot more water in there. And he always prided himself on having just the right water to cement ratio. And, and that was something that padded him for years to come because he's never had any callbacks or any kind of cracks from settling and that sort of thing. So it really pays to use the right subcontractor who's not just trying to get in and out of there, add as much water as possible so that that concrete self-levels and just have someone who knows how to work it. Um, something that's cool you can do uh, this time of the year when it's really hot, you know, it's, it's popular time to manipulate the concrete. And the way you manipulate it is by putting something in there they call an admixture. The popular admixtures are plasticizers, accelerants, and retardants. And of course, uh, retardant is what you want to put in this time of the year because what it does is slows the curing process down. When you're poured it out, it isn't necessarily easier to work with a retardant. It just means that it sets up slower. So, when you pour the concrete out, getting it to one level is one thing, but finishing the top of it is another. And a lot of times the same guy who's getting it to the right level is the same guy who will go back and finish it. Mm. So that setup time is is really key. Something I've always noticed at my concrete sub said was that we guarantee that concrete is going to crack. And uh, we covered this about a month or so ago <laughs> with control joints, but they were right. The concrete is going to crack eventually. The way to offset that is to control where it cracks. And when we mentioned control joints a couple of months ago, that's something that having a hand in on the control joints and where they're located is something that you can dictate as a homeowner. A lot of times these concrete subs are going to put the control joint exactly where they think yeah. and roll on. But that's definitely one of those things that it could be a preference issue. So if you had a crack that was going to line up um, in a place that maybe bugs you or it's not going to be symmetrical, you know, explaining to them that you want a control joint every, you know, four feet, six inches to make that math work out is something that you could technically control. With structural concrete, one way you can reduce that tendency to crack, say for instance in a footing, is add reinforcement like we mentioned a couple weeks ago on another show. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone asked why I put rebar in a footing. Right. And what that rebar does is after the concrete sets up, it is bonded to the rebar. Uh, say you have a settlement crack where the ground drops out underneath the footing and the footing isn't bearing on anything, that rebar acts as a bridge between the two areas of the concrete that are resting on something to keep that from failing. Um, to go a little deeper on that, there are ways that you can make it even stronger um, if you have the luxury of, say, post-tensioning your steel rods in there. In other words, you put the steel in the concrete, and before the concrete sets up, there's a way to put tension on the rods, like washers and screws on the outside of a form. There are things like that that doesn't necessarily add to the strength of the concrete, but it helps with deflection, which is the first part of failing concrete when it starts to crack from the bottom. Now, speaking of cracks, we talked about this many weeks ago, but it's still fascinating. Mm -hmm. Self-healing concrete. Yep. We No matter what you have at your house, if you have concrete somewhere, as we said in the beginning of this segment, mm -hmm. it's concrete's going to crack. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. I've got it by my pool and a section of my driveway, and now they have concrete that's self-healing healing. Give the basics of that. Um, the basics are they impregnate this concrete with a bacteria when they're mixing it all together. And it's not even married. 
<laughs> and the, okay, uh, that bacteria can lie dormant for years to come inside that concrete. And what happens is when a crack happens, it allows water to penetrate the crack and it gets inside the concrete, which activates that bacteria. This particular bacteria generates limestone. So that limestone will fill in the crack. And it's absolutely amazing to think about that process that when your concrete cracks, it's going to happen. It will fix itself right. to uh, some degree and keep more water from going in, I assume. It will. It will. I think the most fascinating application of this is over in Europe and, and places that have been around for a lot longer than we have. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, these older buildings are being treated with this self-healing uh, bacteria. And, you know, you've got these old columns that you don't necessarily want to tear down, but maybe they're a hazard for folks to tour or visit. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a way to preserve things that we'll never uh, have a chance to see again. So that's amazing. Now let's talk a little bit about the homeowner in concrete because there's things that homeowners do putting in their own back deck. Mm-hmm. I'm not this type of uh, person. I'm not talented enough, but you have to dig footings and mm-hmm. put in concrete. You kind of talked about there is a very important science to doing the mixture level of mm-hmm. water correctly with this because right. you can ruin your concrete. Right. Follow the directions on the bag is what I tell folks. Uh, Quickrete that you readily available at most hardware stores has three of the four components for concrete, meaning the sand, gravel, and cement. When you add the water mixture to that, you know, you can technically make concrete that'll work just fine for applications like a deck or something lightweight like that. And where I see that being a benefit is if you have a really tight yard and you're going to tear a lot of things up by getting a big machine back there. And Mm -hmm. if you only need about four deck posts or six deck posts, and it's not a big deal to take a wheelbarrow back there, dig those out yourself and follow the instructions on the back to pour your own concrete. Do you think that pouring concrete for small jobs like that, a person with some experience of doing repairs can do that? Is it as simple as following directions? Absolutely. Total DIY. Okay. What about bigger projects like a a sidewalk? It's one of those you could probably manage it, but once you take it on about halfway through, you'd wish you'd hired somebody (laughs) else. So that status, um, sidewalks and things like that, that are larger projects. I just don't think that the quick read is a, a good fit, you know, the average yard of concrete is upwards of around $150 a yard with admixtures and so on. So in terms of a sidewalk being only four inches thick, you really don't need that many yards, but that weighed out versus however many bags that would equate to in quickrete is is a no-brainer. Go with the concrete truck. And last thing about concrete, do you think it's possible to repair a driveway if now sometimes when a driveway Mm -hmm. settles Mm -hmm. and it'll lift up, maybe it's from a tree root or just normal settling and it cracks, Mm -hmm. Digging out a, say, a two by three section and replacing yourself, or is the process of getting rid of a big piece of concrete, two by three foot section, more work than it seems, let alone patching it? No, and I think what you said is the key as far as separating it from the rest. So you wouldn't want to, resurfacing it is a a bad idea in most cases, because whatever caused it to settle originally is probably going to keep moving. So if you spend the money to coat the top of that with something thin, then probably going to see the same thing after a year or two. Coming up next, time for questions from listeners. Are you ready, Donnie? I think so. Oh, he's got them with him already printed out. You can submit your questions by going to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, little button there to click on, and uh, Donnie will start answering questions that you have sent him. 
Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. And now it's my favorite part of the show. We get to have Donnie answer your questions that you submitted to the website at thecarolinacontractor.com. Donnie Blanchard with Chertop Roofing. This first question's for you, and it is right up your alley. You better not whiff on this one, mm, all right? We'll see. Is there a good time of year to get a new roof installed, and is there a good time to get discounts um, on a roof? Well, ideally speaking... The best times to do a roof are in the spring or the fall, and that takes my workers into consideration because the hottest part of summer is never fun to be on a roof when it's about 160 degrees up there. The shingles are just fine. However, once they're installed in the heat of summer, you want to be really careful about not backtracking over those. So a lot of the worries that you have to deal with in the winter and the summer are non-existent in the fall and the spring. There's good days and bad days in the winter and the summer. So, of course, there's days where it's going to be 80 and there's days where it's going to be 100. So you definitely want to be choosy. And as a homeowner, we tell our homeowners, hey, if you're not okay with us doing it this day, we can move you around. And having several crews on staff is how we have that kind of flexibility in our schedule. But if your roof doesn't need immediate attention, I would say put it off to the fall. Some folks don't have that luxury, especially in the case of these hailstorms. You know, people have to do the replacement right away because they may be compromised to the point of water intrusion. Mm. Uh, to comment on the discounts, we always come in really competitive, but there's one discount in particular that GAF offers out there, and this is more of a promotion than a discount, but they do a program called Roofs for Troops. So all veterans qualify for a $250 discount, and I'm as far as I know, SureTop is the only company that does this, but we match that $250. Oh, cool. Most homeowners will call in and say, hey, we want to get a quote on our roof because of the Roofs for Troops discount, and they tell us that up front. What we tell homeowners, the honest way to approach this is to call us and ask for a quote only. Don't tell us that you need the Roofs for Troops discount, and then after you get our number, mention that. And that's the way to keep these kind of discounts on the up and up because anybody can add that money back in if you mm-hmm. tell them up front. So uh, there's a lot of dishonest roofers out there, fortunately and unfortunately. Uh, job security for me, but bad for the homeowners. <laughs> yep. And and a lot of these guys, if they don't want to use GAF or they don't want to talk about any kind of discount, they could be blacklisted from being able to offer these kind of discounts. So when you're looking for a roofer, we recommend you call us. We're designated as Master Elite. There's only a handful of Master Elites in North Carolina, and uh, that's the highest designation with the most reputable shingle company out there. So, All right, question number two submitted to thecarolinacontractor.com. This is an interesting one. How do I install an outdoor movie theater? Well, it sounds pretty simple, and these things have gained popularity in the last six months. I've seen pictures of friends who do this as an idea to entertain their kids, and I'm surprised you don't have one by your pool, man. Um, well, you remember I work in radio, so you oh. don't understand my salary. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, the thing is, they're so much cheaper than they used to be, especially when you talk about the screens. They have these neat inflatable screens. You can go to as much trouble as you'd like to install this really nice structurally sound movie screen and be whatever size you'd like. But uh, they make these inflatable movie screens that usually range somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 to 20 feet. And the price point is actually really attractive. Usually they're under $200. Uh, there's one that Kodak makes. It seems to be pretty high quality. It's a 14-footer, and it's right around that 
$200 price range. You can put it right up next to your inflatable hot tub. Oh, right. (laughs) Nice. Um, But the screen, that's kind of the easy part. Um, The next thing to do is do your homework on a projector. We think it pays to invest in a decent projector. And beyond that, mounting and maintaining that projector is the next most important thing. The way that we tell folks is to bring all the equipment in after every time you use it. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting out there watching a movie at night and it's tempting to go ahead and go to bed and just get it in the next day, well, if you could deflate the screen and just take the projector inside after every use, we feel like you'll really get your money's worth for a lot longer. Uh, It could pop up a rainstorm or anything like that. Projector's ruined and um, just an easy enough thing to to clean up your fun. Um, Another thing that people probably aren't aware of is that these projectors don't work in the daylight. So Mm. you can't uh, watch a movie until the sun goes down, which is fine, but that's just one thing to know about it. Um, When you're picking out these projectors, there's a few things you want to look for. Brightness, you want 2,000 lumens or better. Uh, On the resolution, you want to make sure it's high definition. So that's 720p or 1080p, which most people are familiar with from their televisions. Uh, Connectivity, you want to make sure it has an HDMI port. And another thing that most people don't think about, does it have built-in speakers or do you want built-in speakers? So most folks opt for the built-in speakers, but they do have tons of options where they have separate speakers that sound a lot better than the built-ins with their own amplifiers and that sort of thing. But I just recommend reading up on the projector. The inflatable screen is kind of is what it is, and um, you know the projector makes all the difference in the world. All right, I have to tell you this story that you didn't ask about. When I was dating a girl who is now my wife, she had an LCD projector, mm-hmm. and we were at the house one time, and there were two sporting events on on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and this is how she hooked me. Uh, there was an NFL game. It was the either the Chiefs or the Panthers. They were on TV, and it was the Bristol race. So you got this combo going on. She put on the football game. She gets the projector out, hooks it up, and on the wall projected the race. Oh, and wow. so I could watch both of them on big screens at the same time. And I got down on one knee and gave her a ring right then and there <laughs> because that's the type of woman you don't let get away. Good job, Mrs. Um, Smith. That is. And I think the idea of doing an inflatable screen, especially this time of year, any mm-hmm. time of year, if the weather's nice, mm-hmm. if it's a 10-minute setup to inflate the screen mm-hmm. and hook up the stuff, man, that'd be fun. I think kids would have a great time outside watching TV. If nothing else, it's just a good way to get them out of the house, man. Good point. Yeah, Movies outside, movies by moonlight. Next question submitted to the CarolinaContractor.com. When a supply truck drops off all the shingles and supplies to my house, I'm assuming this is someone who has hired a contractor to do mm-hmm. work on the house. Right. When the supply truck drops off all the shingles and supplies to my house, do I own the leftover shingles or does the contractor? And part two, is there a proper way to store excess shingles if I, I get to keep them? So that depends on the contractor totally. The way that we do this is we estimate your house and we give you a price per square uh, based on the amount of squares that you have. Sometimes there are measurements that could be missed or just small things that say you had a water table or a few returns on the side of the house and someone missed that. Uh, Well, that still equals two or three bundles of shingles. So I tell all my folks in the field, order an extra square or two, which is six extra bundles. And it's better for us to have more shingles than we need and take the remaining shingles back for a credit than it is for someone to call us at 430 and say, hey, we're six bundles short. Mm. So basically, we overorder on every order on purpose because we can take those back on our own time if we don't need those, in fact, whereas uh, the other would, would really compromise our schedules almost daily because uh, the roofing is not an exact science. Or say you drop a bundle off the top of a roof on accident and that bundle's ruined. You know, mm-hmm. you're, there are several things that could happen. And uh, what we tell homeowners is 
you're more than welcome to keep a bundle or two. And if you choose to keep those, most people either keep those in their garage or in their crawl space. Uh, the thing to not to do is to leave those out in the elements because they're usually covered with a paper or a plastic that will right. break down over time. Then the, sh- the shingles are exposed and sometimes get separated. And uh, once the sunlight hits these and starts the degradation process, then uh, it, it compromises those shingles if you should need those for repair down the road. I um, My dad had extra siding. It was cedar mm-hmm. from his house left over, and he put it in a large tool shed over the rafters. Mm-hmm. And then we'd had a storm come through. Ten years later, did minor damage but need to replace it. He said, I've got some replacement planks out in the uh, storage building. Pull them off, and they were all S-curved because where every place in between a rafter beam, it sagged. Mm-hmm. And over the years, it just kind of stuck in place. So I guess shingles, in a way, if you are going to store them, make sure you store them flat on a surface. flat surface. Oh, great point. I didn't think about it that way, but that's exactly right. Well, dude, that's what I'm here for, to pick <laughs> up your slack. Question four on the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. How many more calories will you burn in a lifetime in a house with stairs, mm-hmm. I guess, versus an escalator? Yeah, uh, a lot of variables there. How long are you going to live? How much do you weigh? That sort of thing. But I didn't know the answer to this, so I looked it up. And um <laughs> You know, the, a person at 160 pounds burns 102 calories walking up and down stairs for 10 minutes, which is less than I really thought. Um, someone at 200 pounds, for instance, burns 127 calories uh, every 10 minutes. So we were talking about the math here, and if you can walk um, up and down stairs, say, 20 times in 10 minutes, you know, it, it turns out being about 7 calories per trip burned, which – I thought I worked a lot harder than that to walk upstairs, but well, here's another example. Of the if you're looking at saying maybe I should put stairs in or have a second floor for the benefits of calorie burn, mm-hmm. you put on here on the your math sheet, 239 calories are burned if you run the stairs for right. 10 minutes. Correct? Is yep. that what it means? That's it. A 20 ounce Coke has 240 calories. So you, if you drink wow. a 20 ounce Coke. To burn it off, you'd have to run up and down stairs for 10 minutes. 10 minutes for one Coke. Now, do you know who runs up and down stairs at um, PNC Arena? Uh, no, tell me. Rod Brendamore, coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, right. One of my coworkers was doing some stuff there, and he said it was pregame, before the game started, but on game night, and Brendamore still, even though he doesn't play anymore, mm-hmm. he's a physical fitness nut, mm-hmm. and he runs up and down the stairs because you – to get any of the benefit we're talking here anyways, you'd have to have your cardio oh, yeah. up high, get that going before you're going to get that type of burn. So I guess that what we've learned here, aside from doing math, which was not on <laughs> the schedule, is getting stairs for a health benefit in your house is really not going to pay off. Yeah, well, there's trade-offs. I mean, you know, you got to think about the wear and tear on your knees, legs, back, hips, that sort of thing. And, you know, 127 calories burned from just walking stairs a day, I think we agree that you're not going to go up and down stairs more than 20 times a day anyway. So 127 calories a day times 365 days a year is only about 46,000 calories per year. Uh, if you live to be 80 and you did this every day of your life, you know, that's over 3 million calories burned. So the answer is yes, you will burn more calories, but I'm not sure that I would do stairs in my forever home. If you plan on being a 60, 70, 80-year-old in that house, I think that's something you'll regret. And here at the radio station, we're high atop the seventh floor. The stairwells, they have motivational paintings on each floor, like every step you take is good for your heart and things like (laughs) that. I see the stairs twice a year, and that's during required fire alarms when they make you go down the stairs. And then everybody just goes to lunch. Nice. Because you don't want to walk back up the stairs. 
Hey, I wanted to comment before we close out that uh, we are podcasted across all the major platforms now. So Mm -hmm. whatever type phone you have that will allow you to get podcasts, feel free to subscribe and give us a rating. Um, We've had a lot of subscribers here in the last couple months, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback. So I really appreciate everybody who's tuned in, sent us questions, and just giving us that positive feedback. So go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. You can get more information about the show there. Also, if you have a question about your roof, If you're not sure if you need a new one, you just want it inspected, you want to get a professional opinion, maybe you're due for a new roof. It's been 10, 15, 20 years. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. Donnie Blanchard and his crew will come out. Their estimates are free. You'll get straight-up advice. And it is not uncommon for Donnie to say, hey, you don't have to do anything with your roof right now. It is in great condition. That's the best thing you can hear. But as storms roll through this summer, Uh, We had the hurricane that went through in uh, Louisiana. When storms roll through, there is a very high probability of damage being done to some area and some community. And when hail is involved, that's when it's really uh, important for you to have your house checked out. So if you ever know a hailstorm's gone through your neighborhood, give SureTop Roofing a call and let them come out and check it for you and get that repaired. Again, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, get more information about the show, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show, presented by SureTop Roofing. Learn more and submit your questions at thecarolinacontractor.com. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.